Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Today we're going to be joined once again by Pastor Steve Orsillo, and we're going to be having a conversation about how difficult the Christian life actually is. As Steve is fond of saying, Christianity, man, it's not for wimps. So we're going to be unpacking the idea that the Christian life is actually one full of struggle to change, struggle to grow, struggle to be more like Jesus, and not just something that we ride along with and experience when we die. It's a really good conversation, so we're not going to waste too much time before we get into it, but I would like you to stay tuned afterwards. We've got some listener feedback and some ways that you can get connected with the show, so stick around for that. And without further ado, this is The Uncommon Truth. Welcome back to The Uncommon Truth, Steve. It's good to have you. It's actually a, a nice, cool morning here in Oroville. That will change. Yes. Uh, but we're deciding to do an early morning caffeine-fueled podcast for us. That's right. Fall's, fall's here, though. It's on the way. Yeah. Summer's what waning. It'll still be. I'm, I'm thinking we'll still get another hundred degree day or yeah. But or week. cool mornings is a, a phenomenal transformation. I actually saw several clouds yesterday, which is yep, which is different. I was recording uh, <laughs> video announcements in the church and and everything got dark, but the lights weren't on in the church, and so I was yeah. wondering what was going on. I looked outside, I felt like uh, like yeah. Abe, Abe yeah. Simpson, Homer Simpson's dad, when yeah. the show Man Shouts at Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I've I've uh, been recently thinking about fall a lot because I'm like I'm excited everywhere that I've lived before leaves are falling off trees and it's getting like rainy and cool and I could go I I guess my inner inner uh middle-aged white woman is looking for a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks and I a guess. nice cardigan. I don't know. I really don't like when summer ends. I really no? don't. I'm not, I don't think I ever get tired of summer unless it's brutally 108, 105 for too long. Yeah. But uh, I never get tired of summer. I, I really like the the pool culture, the barbecue oh, culture. Yeah. The You know, it is tiring. We've probably had way more than our share of parties lately Yeah, at our house. Just <laughs> yeah. people. I came home the other day, and my wife now has a scheduler for my pool. And I come home to a group at my house I didn't even know was going to be there. And that that might be a little too much, but uh, it turned out to be phenomenal. It was the boys, they, uh, you know, jumping off the rock, and it just was, yeah. it was awesome. Did you, uh, so that barbecue thing reminded me of a story I read. In Australia, there is a, there's a vegan woman who sued all her neighbors because she she felt her way of life was being threatened by the smell of their barbecues. And uh, I re- I read last night on uh, on Google. You know, you you turn you go to search for something. It shows you news stories, and it said all of her neighbors are planning a cookout the exact same time. Which I'm I'm not sure is the best way to deal with that, but it kind of made me laugh that yeah, you can sue somebody for the way I would react. You can sue someone for everything, but right. you got to win. You know, yeah. I, they, I, I think sure, they tossed it out. I sure hope they would toss that, <laughs> and she would lose her fee. Yeah, to discourage her from doing it again. But so they're going to. It sur- is the world we live in, though. Yeah, they're going to surround their house and something. And uh, I think the the slogan was "put some pork on her fork" or something like that. Oh, anyway. So I guess we're not going to just live and let each other live. But 
it, it is getting a little bit ridiculous, right? Yeah. So yep. that's a, a summer related story. So you're joining us today because I've got some questions about the way Christianity is supposed to be lived. And I'm, I'm thinking about it. You, you spoke a little bit yesterday in, in our Wednesday morning class for all our students here about like the Christian, Christian journey, Christian life isn't supposed to be easy. And somewhere along the way, especially in North America and the West, we've gotten to the point where we, we believe and we think and we're entitled to a Christianity that is really easy, right? And, and I in think my, it's expected and entitled is the way, it's, way yeah. you're saying it, and it's absolutely right. I, I think what it is is that you don't have to change because you aren't not defined by what you do. Yeah. You're defined by what you say you believe, and uh, it's really crazy. It's a a culture. It's a it's a it's an enveloping cultures that has moved across the entire planet. It's even invading places like China that are so enclosed, you know, mm. and protected from outside influence. But students there have just as much access to internet, and you know they 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 know how to sneak the information, and they are changing. And there's a culture of selfishness that I don't have to change. Yeah, you have to move over for me, and I, and it's really odd. I don't know who who ends up being the one that doesn't move. I mean, it's like uh, when I was a kid, there was a pressure to look out for other people. I would never walk down a parking lot and let a make a car stop. Mm-hmm. My dad would have jerked me out of the road. You don't make a car <laughs> stop when yeah. you. It's so easy for your feet to change direction. It's so, you know, you don't get in the way of cars. You don't walk in front of cars and make them stop. You wait your turn and and you cross between. And today it's just epidemic. You're in a parking lot with someone walking really slow right down yeah. the middle making you stop. And I have the right of way is the mentality of our world today in everything. Like the lady suing in Australia. I have the right of way. You're not allowed to infringe upon, infringe upon my desires and my mm-hmm. wants it's not go inside if you don't like the smell <laughs> yeah you know, or go down just i don't know there seems to be so many solutions to that other than trying to force other people to you know get out of your way yeah my my best friend shared sent me a picture of uh, an aerial view like satellite view of the parking lot he was trying to park in mm-hmm. and then he drew a a squiggly line down the from from one point on the the left hand side of the the parking, you know, you parking, you've got parking spots on the left hand side of the aisle and the right hand side. So this person did a wiggly line all the way from the front left parking spot to the back right parking spot, and uh, he was forced to go at crawling speed right mm-hmm. behind them. Right, and I I did that picking up some people for, for Uber. Walk behind you if you're pulling out already, you're already moving. They just walk behind you because they have the right of way, and it, right. it seems so strange. It, it just seems so like. Oh wow, we we really are not very uh, accommodating to each other. Yeah, I, we get that around here in Southside. You'll you'll be driving your car, and then there'll be, you know, like five people walking down the middle of the road because the the, the sidewalks aren't really well kept around here. Besides the ones we sweep ourselves, right? But there's side there's sides of the road to walk in, but and they just walk right down the middle, and they look at you like, how dare you try to drive your car down this paved street? So this cultural idiom or whatever you want to call it that that translates into christianity because the very same people preaching christianity and receiving christianity are also receiving that kind of teaching at school 
that, you know, um, there is no correction. There is no um, tell you, you. It's not even acceptable to tell someone they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, or that their behavior is hurting others or even to demand that they change their behavior. It's it's very strange uh, culture our children are being raised in. And we're surrounded by it, but I know that people my age in their 60s were raised in a totally different culture, you know, yeah. uh, looking out for your neighbors, watching out, one parent telling another parent that their kids were where they weren't supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know. I cut school one time in my life, and my mom wasn't home 10 minutes before she had a bunch of phone calls. Yeah. Why was Steve home today? Yeah. You know, and I was, I was, I ratted out so fast. It was unbelievable. Only day I ever cut in my life because I just didn't pay. Well, and you were the only one probably out on the street of all your friends. I was friends. the only person in the neighborhood. Yeah. Cause neighborhoods are empty. Every dad was working and, and every kid was in school. Well, that's not how it is around here. No, we, we walk around every Monday and, and say hi to our neighbors. And, and at first time I did it, I thought, why are we going at mon- Monday at one o'clock? Nobody's gonna be home. Yeah, there's somebody home at every single house. That's right. It's 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 a different world. So Christianity is being preached and received, and 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 even you know translated by in this culture. And I and I believe for me and the people I want to speak to, I I want to give a biblical culture. I don't I don't yeah. really want to. I don't want culture to change the Bible. I want the Bible to change the culture. I want I don't want the Bible to be fit to my desires. I want my desires to be fit to what the Bible says. And the problem is the Bible is very very difficult. It's mm-hmm. it, it gives some really strong admonitions that we like to forgive forget today. I think one that, you know, when you say Christianity's not for wimps, the one that says and wimps, see, even wimps is probably a bad word, but just not for people who aren't don't don't really reach inside and try to try to stand strong. There's a f- verse that says, "Forgive and you shall be forgiven," but it also says, "If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven." Mm-hmm. And I mean, just let's just stop there. That's the only Bible verse you know. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. How, I mean, what an incredible. Uh, task he's given me to forgive everybody that's ever hurt me cheated me and in a world that's all me 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 i mean how many times a day does someone cross your path and try try to do something that could need you to forgive them later you don't even have to go to them they don't even have to ask for forgiveness it doesn't say forgive everyone that asks just says forgive everyone that has trespassed against you yeah I mean, how many people trespass? I mean, even the guy walking down the road in the parking lot, and you're just so in a hurry, and he's taking mean, your time. All that they could walk, they could walk and get. The, the, it would cost them nothing to walk beside the, you know, lane. Yeah. And you have every emotion inside of you judging them, and your admonition. The one verse you know, the only verse you know, forgive. Oh. Okay, count others as more important than yourself. In humility, practice hospitality. I mean, it's like uh, we start adding these things. We start layering these things, and Christianity has a lot of doing. And we talked about that last week. But the choice to do, the choice to believe, really, we we are, you know, give to any man that asks. I mean, it covers every subject, money, forgiveness, love, 
covers every subject you know if your hand causes you to sin cut it off when you so if you don't know how to interpret all of these verses and you just go ahead and read them and look at the apostles lives yeah both following jesus and after he leaves filled with the holy spirit was their lives easy were they unchallenged did they just walk like in these sci-fi movies where the guy with all the power is untouchable? Mm-hmm. He waves his hand and his enemy flies across the room, slams into a wall. You know, uh, you know, maybe the the metal guy in in the mutant movie. You know, where everything he can just move everything oh, metal. Yeah, Magneto. Yeah, and Magneto X-Men. can move anything. And we think Christianity is like that. We just walk along waving our hand, and everything, every obstacle falls away. And then when someone has cancer that we love or somebody has a crash that was unexpected and, or a problem that they didn't cause, we wonder if God's real or is he really faithful or is he really good? When the true message is that Jesus said, I, I, I did not come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. But he also promises that in the Holy Spirit, within our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we can have peace that passes understanding. We can, in in turmoil, we can have peace. In the storm, we can sleep. We can can rest Mm. in the storm. And Paul and Silas, of course, singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs after being beat by the guards and locked up and whipped. I mean, think about whipped, beat, and locked up. And they're singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. Yeah. Giving praise to God for their condition. They have peace in the Holy Spirit extreme turmoil they were not protected from the pain of those beatings and christianity is just a call to change it really mm-hmm. is i i did i knew the minute i said okay uh i in fact my argument against christianity was i can't change yeah i knew it and i think today the messages i hear are you don't have to change and i'm like i think you do <laughs> i think yeah. i do here i've been doing it 44 years and i'm desperate to change more Mm-hmm. I just don't think anything about change is easy. Very hard for me to change anything without him. And so I call out on him. He is, his conviction is upon me. His spirit is with me. His presence is with me. And um, I live in a world that's constantly trying to get me to be afraid, feel victimized. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sell fear like I've never seen anything like what we're in the world we're in today, selling fear, selling victimization, yeah. making you afraid to go out, making you afraid to let your kids go out and play. My parents didn't know where I was from morning till night sometimes. Yeah. And I lights. would be in a lake swimming where I could drown. I, I would be in a forest with wild animals, rattlesnakes everywhere, running crazy when i was even smaller than that i lived in del paso heights riding a bike 10 bucks from home yeah i mean they didn't you know it was a different world never wore a seat belt today we are in such fear that it's so funny to watch my outdoor refrigerator when all these young people come over first thing they do is read the expiration date on everything they pull out of my pantry or refrigerator <laughs> yeah and i'm like are you kidding me what are you afraid of mm-hmm. you know the amount of people that eat here, it'd be pretty hard for food to be old. But right. nonetheless, that's the first thing they care about because they've been put, instilled fear in them to the point where they're afraid of everything. And um, it never crossed my mind to read the expiration date on a piece. I'd never, because I wasn't, that wasn't the culture I was raised in. I wasn't right. raised to be afraid of these things. And um, so it, it translates into Christianity this uh, victimization, everyone's a victim. 
you watch the Olympics, they all they, they do a profile on an athlete. It's right, not a profile story in, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not a profile in, in integrity and honor. It's not a profile in them changing themselves. It's a profile in their victimization. Yeah, who's overcome the most or who's yeah. who who had the deck stacked against them, That's right? right? Yeah. It's it's crazy every every story when when my house burned down all they wanted me to do is wail and woe and woe about my circumstances and I, I couldn't they didn't like it uh it, we just live in a world where that is the message that's spoken and so that translates into christianity pretty well and i think christianity is the opposite i think it is i am so fortunate i am so blessed I can't believe how I get to have this many good things. Well, you have some bad things too. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, but I had a lot of bad things without him. I have a lot more good things with him. Yeah, It's focusing more on what you do have than what you don't have. I don't understand why cancer could come into my life. I don't understand how my granddaughter got the luck of the draw. Right. My daughter's severe agony for two and a half years. And it's continuing. She's not well. She's mm-hmm. she's got to recover from the treatment, and and then Jordy, and then each situation where you see tragedy. We have young women here with seizures. We have a young woman with a blood disease over her head. We have tumors on people's brains, and you know, I believe wholeheartedly that God heals, and yet we have these things around us, and so it's a struggle. In the midst of our peace, in the midst of our trust, our joy, there is a struggle. And it's and it's not uh, something that I would ever want to do alone. I was at a pastor's meeting not too long ago after uh, not too long after my house burned down. Mm-hmm. And they were they were just they were mourning for me. Paradise hadn't happened yet. The campfire hadn't happened yet. My house, my fire had and yeah. my mine and a few of my neighbors and a lot of people, a lot of churches were helping the people in my fire. But they weren't, uh, they wondered, you know, how I was doing it. And I said, you know what just really blows my mind? I go to these fire meetings and they have no hope. Yeah. They have no church family. I am surrounded by love. I am surrounded by good people coming out of the woodwork. And I just told those pastors, I just don't know how people go through these tragedies without, without faith and without, without a church without being firmly embedded in a church family. It is the most amazing thing. And I think in this culture, everyone's disconnected and don't have families, don't have those kind of love. Don't They don't come across this kind of love. They don't. Right. So I don't know if I'm even close to the subject that we were talking about. No, I think but- it, it, it fits really well. I, I was thinking, you know, choosing to be a Christian, that was 44 years for you. Uh, I think it's about 13 for, uh, no, a little bit more than that. Math isn't great uh, at a moment's notice for me, but it's been more than half my life. So it's a little bit far, far away, but choosing, choosing to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. I think that that looks a little bit different when we read the, the New Testament than when we see it today, right? right. Like the, it seems like the first century Jews who decided to follow Jesus knew what they were getting themselves into. And because of because of how we've been raised, how how our society has shaped us, the the lens that we see the world through, right. I don't think we have any idea what actually following Jesus is going to be like before before we say yes, right? right. And if and if we do share that with people, it's like 
oh man, well then I'm I'm good. No thanks, right? I think few people after are agreeing to follow him now. I, yeah. I don't know what we're reading, but it does not translate. I think there are a fair number that do, you know, and it's really a it's really amazing, you know, Christianity the the communities it creates and the lives it blesses but what jesus said was foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head if anyone if anyone would come after me let him first deny himself pick up his cross and follow me Hmm. i mean that's a pretty bold statement of yeah uh, you know son of man has nowhere to lay his head come follow me so you have nowhere to lay your head and I do have somewhere to lay my head, and I'm grateful for it, but I understand that's not promised. Mm-hmm. That when I came to follow Jesus, it might be nowhere to lay your head. If he calls me to go somewhere, I'll go. And if there's nowhere to lay my head, then there isn't. If I got to, I just, the way it is, I belong. My, my life is no longer my own. Again, again quoting scripture. Yeah. My life is no longer my own. It is purchased with price. The blood of Jesus Christ has bought me. Now, did that understanding, did that come gradually to you? Or, or was that like a, was that sort of like a download? Because I, I think that that understanding has definitely come as a very gradual pace for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I, I didn't really know what I was saying yes to you. I'm I'm not sure I would have said yes to it had I known, right? I don't know really how much a a 13-year-old with with a like right without, 13 would be young, yeah. 13's young in in the west, right? Because I I had a a house. I had I'd never gone hungry, right? Right. Um and so I I wasn't really sure what I was saying yes to. It it felt more like like uh, choosing a team, right? Well, I I have a Broncos hat because I was born in Denver. I I have I'm a fan of the Rockies because some you know my grandfather took me to a Rockies game Colorado Rockies game right you're you're a, a Giants fan because your dad was a Giants fan right right it felt it felt and similar Northern California right yeah and this is this is where you're at but it's a regional thing. but th- that's sort of the same idea I had of Christianity so for you did that understanding of this is this is what it's supposed to be and it's not supposed to be easy was that like, how did that happen No, for you? but it, my life not being my own uh, was like a understanding of a child. I mean, um, we used to ridicule Christians and joke about it. Have you have you invited Jesus into your heart yet? And did, oh, he gave his life to Jesus, so he's not going to be with us anymore. Mm. And so that was joking enough for us to understand that people who went that way, Jesus freaks, we called them. Yeah. Uh, they they had decided to abandon the world we lived in and go and live a different life. Yeah, I, understood, this was the... I understood that just from the Christianity that was happening somewhere in my community. But okay. when I prayed my 22nd prayer, part of the prayer the guy had me repeat was, I give my life to you. Mm. And I don't meet very many people that can remember their prayer of confession of faith or asking Jesus if he's real or please forgive my sins if you're real kind of thing. And if you're real, I'll follow you. That that short prayer saying, I give my life to you, I tended to remember the whole thing. I mean, I, I understood what I was doing to the point where I said to the young man who prayed with me, there's no use me doing this because I can't change. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I'm going to 
like like the carrot leading the donkey, I am going to go whichever way the carrot goes. Yeah. And he said, well, let's, will you just try? Give your, give, just, you know, just go ahead and see if he's real. Will you follow him if he's real? Maybe, would you let him change you? And I said, yeah. And so there was a real understanding that there was going to be some great change. And it took me maybe a couple of months, maybe 30 days to 60 days before I began to hear the Lord's voice from that prayer. I really didn't hear his leading. I didn't know what to do. One day I was smoking a, I think I was, I think one day I was drinking a beer and he said, you don't need that anymore. And I, and I just knew I no longer, I never even wanted, I never wanted a beer again. Mm. And the next week, I mean, I, I know the spot I would sit in and meditate and what, what I now would call prayer even then, you know, but before that I would just sit there in yeah. awe of the creation and not believe in the God who did it. But I'd sit in that spot, and three weeks in a row, he spoke to me. It was like strange. Um, a week apart, same time of the evening, and I'd be smoking a cigarette, and he'd say, you don't need that anymore, and I just wouldn't want one. I'd never smoke again. Yeah. And then smoking a joint, and you don't need that anymore. And I just I was like looking around like someone was talking to me, mm-hmm. but soon began to know who was speaking to me because my life would change. I said, Lord, you know, I cuss like a truck driver. And I don't uh, know how to stop, but you've changed those other things. Yeah. So if you don't want me to cuss anymore, could you change that? And so as a baby, like, like you know, like you change the baby's diaper and you stick food in their mouth. And, uh, I know all about you, that right and now. And you keep changing them, you know, and, and you're expecting them to grow. You don't want them to, you don't want your new baby to be like your oldest child three years from now. You want her to be like, like Jovi is now. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and, and you don't expect him to stay where she is now. I mean, mm-hmm. there's an expectation of growth. And so I had that um, because it just started happening. And well, and you saw people before you said yes, you saw that there were some, there were people that were different, right? right. There was, because that was the Jesus movement in the seventies, yeah. right? So you had, you had people who, who would drop everything and kind of move, move away. Right. Or, or start acting differently differently like a light switch so almost right what's really funny is i didn't like their change right i didn't like them yeah. as a changed person and yeah. the and i did not want to become what they were but i was trapped by a sense of honor that i prayed he was real and i said if you're real i'll follow you where are we going yeah and he was real and he began to lead me in a direction and i began to submit and surrender to that direction so much so that a girl from high school who I had cussed at for preaching to me ran into me at a concert. What are you doing here? I said, yeah. well, I prayed and gave my heart to the Lord, gave my life to the Lord and invited him into my, in my life. So I'm following him. And she invited me to a home church. And I firmly committed to never go to church in my life. It was obviously God leading. I followed God to this home church, mm-hmm. and it was my church for a couple of years while I found another church, and they made me the youth pastor. So within very short two years or so, under two years, I was the youth pastor at a church, yeah. which was crazy. I would not make someone a youth pastor in two years, but uh, they did me, and I was fervent and had phenomenal fruit in that church. And uh, I it just... From where I was to less than a year and a half later being a youth pastor, I just was like, you know, 
amazed. Well, if he can do this, what else can he do? And I became what they were. I mean, I was saying hallelujah, praise the Lord. I was hugging everybody. Mm -hmm. And I loved these people. And I, back a year and a half ago, saw them saying they loved these people. And I hated them for loving these people. Yeah. And now I love these people, so I'm sure people hated me for it. But nonetheless, I, I completely changed. I transformed. But as I became a man, in Christ, a Christian adult or adolescent, where I began to be responsible for the teaching, what I taught others, you know, I was more like an, a, starting to grow up, um, I began to see that the challenges that God would place on me would only be greater, just like the challenges you receive as an adult are greater than the challenges you had as a child. Mm -hmm. And so I began to see the abandonment of kids and the, the hurt people, hurting people, that it was, I, it was because I was hurt that I hurt people, uh, and they're hurting people because they were hurt. And I knew Jesus has the answers. Jesus is the answer. And I, and it's so funny that I read all those verses about what he expected from us. I got it immediately. I didn't know what everybody else was reading. I figured we should be transforming. It's going to be hard. And so I started a regime back in 1976 to fast a week every year. Water only seven day fast. Because I knew there's going to be some challenges. I mean, I understood weightlifting. I understood training for a sport. Yeah. I understood practice that makes you better. And so I figured that this is a spiritual battle against an enemy that's invisible. I should do something to build my invisible muscles. Well, that's that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Because this is something that, that I still struggle with. You know, like we're, it, it is a struggle. It is a, it is a fight. It's not. Uh, it's not as you say, like you just wake out of bed, uh, wake up and roll out of bed, and you're you're a good Christian. You're following Jesus well, right? Right? right. And so, I I do want to know a little bit, like, so what are we fighting against? What's what's our struggle against? I know it's I know the the Bible says it's a struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, and mm -hmm. it's not against you know earthly powers. It's against like the principalities of, and powers, right? Spiritual but, forces of wickedness in heavenly places in the invisible yes. realm. Yeah, and beyond that, though, we're also fighting ourselves, right? <laughs> we like, are. That's, that's the thing that I'm most. We are mainly <laughs> fighting ourselves because their only power is our choice. Okay, so the tell, devil tell can me about do that. nothing but get your body killed, like inspiring Nero to kill Christians. That was the devil. That's that's an old story. It's not even the last time it happened. Many, many, many times in today's world, just inspiring people to become more selfish. That's his thing. Mm -hmm. My battle is against me falling in line with that. That's my battle. It's not the wickedness. The forces of wickedness really don't have any power over me other than to entice me, to put the apple in front of me, to put the temptation in front of me and try to entice me into what? Into thinking like the world, mm -hmm. into buying into the world system and becoming worldly. And so the ba only battle, the only battle I have, he says we battle not against flesh and blood. Well, I, I understand that my flesh and blood doesn't really control me. It's my decisions. It's my spirit and soul that control me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he means. We battle against you know invisible forces trying to entice us yeah. and not let our spirit, soul, and body follow after those things that 
we shouldn't be doing and that we need to say no to. Yeah, I know for me, it's not it's not like when we when we say enticing, it's not like there's a you know the guy smoking a joint on the corner. I'm just like so drawn to go join him, or you know I'm so drawn to things on my phone or anything like that. The enticing for me is is the actually like selfishness, mm-hmm. right? Like I, mm-hmm. man, I get home and my I've got three kids now instead of two, and my wife's been home with them, right? And I I've been working myself all day. My selfishness is, man, I just want to sit down. Check my phone, whatever, you know, like not have to do anything. Yeah, but she needs you to engage. Exactly, right? And She needs to talk to an adult, but she also needs help with the kids. I mean, it's really, it's a short season in your life. I can, I, right. can, I having been through it, I had four, I can tell you. My wife was a stay-at-home mom and I worked construction. And so tired, talk about tired. Yeah. I understand the battle. Um, but selfishness is the key to becoming worldly. Because that's that's their power. That's their superpower is selfishness. Feeding on selfishness, victimization. Um, uh, and the Christ, Christian message is 100% unselfishness. In fact, the very word love, L-O-V-E, is better described as unselfishness. When mm. you say I love somebody, that means I'm unselfish towards them. And yeah. and. If I mean, especially if you want to say agape love or love like Christ, love one another as I have loved you, it's he loved us unselfishly. Yeah. And so our love has to be unselfishly. And it some days it just doesn't seem like there's enough time, energy or life to go around. And I, of course, believe that the more you give, the more you'll get. And yet I don't give to receive more. I give to give more. And um, I think that's why I've had success in the realm of staying my course of keeping my eyes on the prize. And I think that's the victory in Christianity. It is so funny when people ask me, how you doing? I am just full of answers. I am. It's a bubbling out of me how I'm doing. And I had a guy get mad at me one day. Really? You got to be that happy? You got to be that full of joy? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what a wonderful thing to say. <clears throat> What a, what a wonderful thing to say about you. He didn't mean it as a wonderful thing. but <laughs> No, no, he didn't know. But what a wonderful mad. thing for someone to be mad at you for. Yeah. It's just like, buddy, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes. You know, I just, but I do, you know, you can be happy. You know, yeah. It's open door for me to tell him. If you ever want the kind of joy I have, I can teach you how. It's yeah, just, so where, where do we start? Because we're so, like, everything coming at me every single day from from this world is get yours you know spend yeah. your your time is yours your money is yours your energy is yours and i i think even watching football you see the commercials right you i get so annoyed at the commercials of the like the dumb bud light dad husband guy who his he's goes through some crazy like mission to get his Bud Light and uh, and part of the mission is evading his wife and kids and and his social responsibilities right just so he can get a, <laughs> his Bud Light and watch it watch the football game with his friends right and it's it's like that's that's not what masculinity really is that's not what m- being a father and a no, and a husband being, really it is. is what it's being redefined as but what how do we I don't know how do we even start when those messages are are pummeling us every single day 
we we have to decide who our Lord is. Is it the world system? Is it being American? Is it being Canadian? Is it being English? Is it being in the army? Is it being a carpenter? What's my identity? I went through a crisis one time. Who is Steve when he doesn't have a truck? I mean, it was really weird. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird thing. I hadn't, hadn't lived without a truck in a long time. And when the economy crashed, I got, you know, I just gave up. I started driving a sedan again. Mm-hmm. And it was really a crisis. I'm, I don't have a truck. Yeah. Am I, am I really a contractor? And the truth was I had to stop and go, you know, really, I'm a con- the state calls me a contractor, but that's not what I am. Yeah. What I really am is a servant of Jesus Christ who happens to contract for the glory of his name and the building of his kingdom. And my life is not my own. It was bought with a price. Is the anthem of our life. It's give your life away. And so... When you have kids, grandkids, a church, a group of people, and you're teaching them, I mean, I look at my church, it's a couple of hundred people, and the vast majority of whom I do know, I do know, and the rest I'm getting to know, Mm -hmm. and they come from a place that was unfulfilling. They did not find joy. They did not find a life that they liked. They didn't even like themselves, most of them. I'd say most of them didn't like them. They didn't like themselves at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's very few that did. And they walk with me for a couple of years, constantly harping on them to do, to give more. How do you get out of a financial crisis? Give more. What? How do you get out of it? You're too busy? Serve more. Give mm-hmm. more energy, more time to things that can't reward you but only reward others and watch and they're shocked. I mean, they're life's the best it's ever been is the, is the common response to after two years of doing what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where did you learn this stuff? Well, I just watched, I just read what Jesus said. I just looked at what Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Follow me. Okay. Where are we going? Wherever I'm going. Okay. And where's that? Well, today it's Oroville. A while back it was Spokane. Before mm-hmm. that it was Sacramento. And I just I went where I was led. And this church, okay, I'll go there because you sent me there. And I, you know, I sometimes would say, why me? I work two full-time jobs my whole life because youth pastoring, they don't pay you. So yeah. there's an, especially with four kids, they don't pay you. And, and they don't house you. And so... I remember I, I would say that experience so defined the Father's house for me. I wanted to make a place where people could flourish, where people could grow, where the statement, my life's the best it's ever been, could be repeated daily. The same person could say the thing. You, every, you could have a meeting every month, and they would say, you know, my life is better than last month. My life is better than last month. My life is better than last month. And you just, I mean, there is no, there is no ceiling on this thing. It's a staircase to heaven, you know, mm-hmm. and there is no end to it. It's further up and farther in. And just like, hey, I, I honestly, I had a few thoughts in my life where I said, man, is there more hoops to jump through? Is there more climbing? When do I arrive? And it was so clearly communicated to me in the spirit that uh, when you die, yeah, there will be an end. You will enter mm-hmm. a rest that is that is different. And. You are doing well, son. Come on, keep coming. And I'm okay, let's go. But you don't stop because once you stop, 
start sliding back, right? Yeah, I I feel like it's best not to stop. You don't turn aside. You keep going. You keep going full blast. I mean, you know, the metaphor of turning aside to the one, the guy in the ditch, the uh, Good Samaritan story, you know, that's not what I'm referring to. Of course you turn aside, but that's not turning aside in your journey. That's going forward in your journey. That guy was incredible who managed him, cleaned him up, took him, you know, had yeah. a, came back and paid for his extra care, made sure he was well, you know, really went out of his way. I mean, that's that guy's a hero of the faith. I don't know how we miss these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, every story about uh, that Jesus gave, you know, man looking for the kingdom of heaven goes and sells all that he has. Yeah, great sacrifice to have the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls who would give all that he had to own the fine pearl. Well, obviously the kingdom of heaven is not the pearl in that story. You and I are. Hmm. The kingdom of heaven came looking for fine pearls. Us. And it gave everything, Jesus, to possess us. And we, to possess it, have to be like the merchant seeking the kingdom of heaven, which is the buried treasure. We have to sell yep. all that we can have to to have it. I mean, I don't know how people miss this. It's, it is such plain English. It's unbelievable. And it wasn't even written in English, but it's translated yeah. in such plain English that it's amazing. And it's phenomenal results if you do it. Someone said to me one time, well, everybody knows you can't give to any man that asks. I said, well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, he says, do it. Let's just try it. Mm-hmm. Well, won't we be broke? Won't we be living in the street? Well, then let's live in the street. Let's be. A, he didn't say we'd live in, live in a mansion. In fact, he said, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Come follow me. Yeah. So let's give all, let's give and see what happens. So now the, my experience has been very good in that, but I don't, tom- I don't count on it tomorrow. I'm not giving to receive. I'm giving to give. Yeah. I'm helping to help. I'm not trying to build a testimony of fortune returned, of of hundredfold return. I'm I'm not. I'm not seed faith. I'm I actually believe in seed faith, but my goal is not the harvest of that seed, it's the giving of that seed. It's the whatever we're trying to accomplish. Like right now we're trying to accomplish a great deal around here. Mm-hmm. Financially it's crazy around here. We're trying to take pledges for 10 different projects of massive amounts of money. And I'm kind of excited. I, I kind of giggle to see how's this going to come out with all right. of us being broke. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, my prayer in all of this is not that some rich kahuna will come along and fund it all. My prayer is that he would let us fund it. Hmm. That That people, disciples within my church would come and say, hey, I got this windfall. I want to be part of this. I want to give to this. I want 20 years from now, people still finding refuge in what we built with this money. Yeah. It's crazy. And so so I guess what I hear you saying for, for someone like me, who's way closer to the the start line than you are, is that it's, it's not a, it's not like a big light switch to flick. It's a one step at a time sort of. Oh, it's like, it's like, it's like growing. Yeah. Have you ever sat and watched your kids grow? No. You just look at a picture from last year and realize they did. Yeah. It's 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 some 
the changes sometimes are drastic, like my 22nd prayer, mm-hmm. or like your child being born the other day. Mm-hmm. Your wife went, she went, that kid went from being invisible, wife being pregnant to not being pregnant. Yep. The kid went from not being there to being there. Yeah. So that's like the born again experience. It's like being child in childbirth. But now your baby, if you were to look at a picture from three weeks ago, is it three weeks now? Yeah. Yeah. She already's grown. She's and, back to her birth weight. And you didn't, uh, and you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't see it happening before right. your eyes. And when you look at Jovi, she once was that, she once was like that. Yeah. You didn't see her grow. It just happened every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the way Christianity is. It's a growing process. It's a line upon line, precept upon precept, ad- ad- additive upon additive, action upon action. I fasted seven days per year, a seven-day fast every year for 30 years, and then started doing these crazy 40-day fasts, you know? Well, not then, but I I included it in the seven days. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I did all these 40-day fasts. And um, I did it to try to strengthen something, to try to increase the growth. I tried to invest in the increase. And um, I, I wouldn't trade that time in my life for anything. I hope I never have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I've read the Bible because I wanted to know it. Because in it, I find him. I don't find life reading the Bible. I find the giver of life. I find the author of life. I find Jesus, the Son of Man. God become flesh. I find right and wrong i find direction i find in the new covenant how i should live i find in the old covenant who he is Mm -hmm. and he is not um someone to trifle with when he says he wants something we should endeavor to do it and in christianity jesus says follow me yeah well i don't see the men following him avoiding um, adversity. Mm-hmm. I don't see them downloading everything in one fell swoop. Paul had to go learn for three years. Yeah. Um, I see them making mistakes. I see them going forward, repenting, crying out to God for help day in, day out, just one foot in front of the other until they get there. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm on a journey. I have some visions, I have some goals. And those goals have driven me. Oh, those callings have pulled me on. And I have I have scaled some pretty formidable peaks going after those visions. I have sacrificed a great many things. Those 40-day fasts were all about this vision. I, to this day, have not seen that vision come true. Hmm. And I, many times in my life, have told people, it doesn't matter to me if it doesn't come true. I would really like it to come true. But just think of how far I've come chasing it. That in itself is the is my reward. And I just um, I, I just have a vision of of finishing the race is my biggest and most important vision that I want to see myself cross the line. I want to stand before God knowing that I did not did not stop running. I did not stop going. Uh, Energizer Bunny. I kept going. Kept going forward. Kept after him. 
never put anything in front of him. I never put me in front of others. And those are the, I mean, just take that one. Never put me in front of others. I mean, I'm sure I have, but my I never settled for it. You yeah, know? you never aimed for that. No, aimed for or settled. And when I did, I repented. I went back. I'm, I'm so passionate about finishing this race strong. Well, that got me. That got me a long ways. That, that I mean, I'm shocked at the blessings of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, trying never to bless my life, I have blessed my life. I have worked myself to the bone to make a pretty yard, and I have a gorgeous yard. But work alone wouldn't have done that. Yeah, and if you stop, it's not going to take very long for it to not be a no. gorgeous yard. No, as soon as yeah. I know when I leave, when I leave this world that someone will neglect that yard and it will die. But no, it wasn't for that. It was for mm-hmm. me to enjoy. It was, the, I count it as the blessing of God in my life. Yeah. So I guess what I, what I can take away from this is, is I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to have that, that growth happen overnight for it to, to be real growth. But I also can't just stop and say, well, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's helpful thinking about my kids you know they're learning stuff every day. They're learning how to how to talk nicely to each other, not to take each other's toys, uh, how to talk to adults, how to go to the bathroom, right? Every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not it's not work per se. That's just them learning learning right. to be humans, learning to be functional members of society, right? Right. And uh, I know that I I'm not where I want to be as a as a follower of Christ, but I I'm only going to get there by saying that uh, doing the next right thing right yeah the next thing put in front of me so i hope i hope people listening can take that to heart uh take that as a as an inspiration and also as a challenge yeah well let's just let me let me conclude with the most important part in my in my what's missing today is this idea that i need to change and i think the most important thing a person listening to this podcast could add to their prayer life is heal my lord heal my wrong thinking and change my heart oh god Mm. i mean think how simple a prayer that is heal my wrong thinking teach me your ways and heal my heart oh god Mm -hmm. change i'm sorry change my heart oh god heal my wrong thinking teach me your ways and change my heart, oh God. That's a pretty good cure for selfishness right there. Oh my gosh. If you say that every day, your conscience will grow. Your your intensity will change. Your direction will, your focus will come clear. And your direction will correct. Hmm. Well, anyway. that's going to be my prayer then. Yeah. I I've been praying it. it for a really long time. And I think that you can see, I, I'm, I am different. I, I am different in my passions. I am different in my desires than a lot of people around me. And the people in this church are striving to see, to, you know, they, they, they come alongside and they, they see what I'm doing. They like it. They like my life and they want their life to be good. They do it. And, and the testimony around here is pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. People are just shocked at how blessed their life is. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going after. That's why we moved here and that's why we keep, Keep doing, bringing you back on the podcast. You're doing this great, isn't man. this isn't for all you listeners. This is for me right here. It's a pretty big, pretty big honor to be sitting in a room by myself uh, every week, hanging out with you and listening to your wisdom and downloading it. And Thanks, uh, Max. I, I want to make that my prayer 
as well to yeah. uh, heal my wrong thinking lord and and change my heart cuz I don't want to be I don't want to be right where I'm at right now a year from now two years from now oh, whatever yeah. right I don't want to have this move from across across the continent be for nothing right so. I want my 45th anniversary of being a Christian. I want to be a different man than I am sitting here today. Yeah. I'm I'm committed to it. I want to be more like him. Well, thank you so much and uh and you'll be happy to keep listening. We got some reviews on iTunes that uh really good ones. So I'm I'm going to shout those out here in a little bit. Thanks, Steve. All right. Well, that's almost all the time we've got. But before we go, I'd like to get into some listener feedback submitted over iTunes, Apple Podcasts, a few other places. I'd like to shout out jmillerca1234, uh, who shared, Hey, Max, you're doing a great job. Sounds really good. Love the Father's House and love Steve and Vicky. And that's submitted from Canada. So thank you so much, Jay Miller. Tumbleboy31, whoever that is, also left a review via Apple Podcast. He says, if you are offended by this podcast, then you're not reading Jesus. This is an amazing message without fluff or fodder. There's no distraction to get your money, just the message of Jesus Christ as it is intended for all people. Well, I appreciate that one. And thank you, Tumbleboy, whoever you are for listening and uh, and sharing that feedback. That's definitely what we're aiming for here on The Uncommon Truth, so it's good to, to know that we've hit at least one mark. If you would like to help The Uncommon Truth grow, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts at, and we will see that and hopefully shout you out. That really helps us grow because it, it helps shoot us up the Apple Podcasts and iTunes charts. Those charts are based on user interaction, so the more comments and reviews we receive, the more it tells Apple that people actually care about listening to The Uncommon Truth, and the higher it goes up on the charts, which also means more people who have not heard about The Father's House, haven't heard of The Uncommon Truth, are going to find the show and start listening to it. As always, make sure to check out the show notes below this episode for ways that you can connect with The Uncommon Truth. You can send me an email Tell me what you think of an episode, ask some questions, or give me a topic you'd like to see covered, and I will definitely give you a shout out here on the podcast. It's also a great way to find our Instagram and Facebook pages to actually see with your eyes what goes on here at the Father's House Church. And you can get connected to our YouTube channel where you can hear our sermons. You can also get connected to our website and even find Steve's books linked on Amazon if you'd like some reading material. Thank you so much for listening. That does it for us for this week. This has been The Uncommon Truth.